Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. And so they're going down the river, not perfect. They need God's grace and His forgiveness and a new start and all those things. We all do. But they're moving forward. They're doing it right. This is a picture of a wise marriage. This couple are asking God, Proverbs 3, they're not leaning to their own understanding. In all their ways, they acknowledge Him. And they're saying, God, we need help here. How do They're praying together. There's a million things. So let me ask you a question. Is your marriage wise or unwise? Have you ever seen couples over the years who just kind of stay the same? They say the same phrases to each other. They just don't change and not in a good way. Pastor Mark will be teaching that God never intended marriage to be like being a mummy. (laughs) He intended marriage to be an adventure, more fun than doing things alone. You'll hear about your need to be honest with God and with your spouse. You'll be reminded that your priority needs to be the same as the one God wants you to have. Most of all, you need to learn to make God your top priority. The rest will fall in line once you do that. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Matthew chapter 19 with his continuing series called Enjoying Marriage on the River of Life. So he's not only changing my desire, but then he's empowering me to do the same. So write this statement down and believe it as you write it. Believe it. God gives us the power, number one, and the desire to obey him. And by the way, no excuses. Well, I can't do it. No, you're wrong. You have God who's not only in you, but he's alive in you. Giving you the desire to do marriage right. Giving you the desire to do life right. And then empowering you to do the same. That's why I can do His will always. Absolutely, I can do it. Well, what does that look like? What is the contrasting picture of that? Very simple. You're close by. Philippians. Move right back to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. One verse. Ephesians chapter 5. Very easy. One book back. Ephesians chapter 5. Go down to verse 15. Now watch what it says. I love it. Be very careful then how you live. This whole chapter 5 is about the spirit-filled living, and it goes right into marriage, and right into children, and right into boss relationships. So it's all related together. And the very first verse outlines the key. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Not as unwise or foolish, but as wise. What does unwise really mean? In the context of the Bible, write it down. Here's the definition of it. 
Foolish or unwise means this. Living as if God doesn't exist. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. So, a married couple is unwise if they're doing marriage as if God doesn't exist. You see, if this is a couple and God's not part of their marriage, it's a twosome. Well, it never works. The design is a threesome. So, you might be here and you believe in God, but he's not part of your marriage. Well, it doesn't work either. You see, that's unwise. The marriage is a twosome. It will not be successful. Well, if that's unwise, what is wise living? Very simple. Write it. It's the opposite. Wise living? Living with God as the head of our lives or the head of our marriages. Well, what does that look like? It's simply this. If I'm God, the unwise couple, the foolish couple, God isn't a part of their marriage. Remember, the raft is married. He's not a part of the marriage. So they're trying to do marriage with their own wisdom, watching Oprah and Dr. whatever, and it doesn't work because they're too imperfect. They're I-boss, I-selfish, and they don't have the character of God. Now, what's the other one? The other one is where God is intimately involved in the marriage. He's the boss. This is a threesome. And so they're going down the river, not perfect. They need God's grace and his forgiveness and a new start and all those things. We all do. But they're moving forward. They're doing it right. This is a picture of a wise marriage. This couple are asking God, Proverbs 3, they're not leaning to their own understanding. In all their ways, they're acknowledging him. And they're saying, God, we need help here. How do, they're praying together. There's a million things. So let me ask you a question. Is your marriage wise or unwise? Well, Pastor Mike, we believe in God. That's not what I ask you. Are you leaning on God? Are you acknowledging him in all your ways? Are you, as a couple, praying together? Are you looking for his wisdom in all those areas? That is a wise marriage. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. After Adam and Eve were removed from the garden, we see some amazing verses. God restored them in their marriage. Look at verse 1. Adam lay with his wife Eve. She became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. And she said, with the help of the Lord, I've brought forth man. Verse 2, and later she gave birth to his brother Abel. I was thinking about this a lot. When Adam and Eve were back in the garden after they sinned, and they were sitting there, what did they learn in the garden? Now they're back married, two kids. What did they learn back there? I wrote eight things down. I don't want you to write them down. I'm going to go through them very quickly, but I want you to think of them. Number one, here's what Adam and Eve learned. Doing marriage with God is way better than doing marriage without God. Hopefully you're learning the same. You see, they're now living wisely. God, again, is their head. Number two, Adam and Eve learned this. Sin always has consequences. Number three, Adam and Eve learned that God loves to forgive and remove our sins. Now, how did they get forgiven? Well, that's number four. Adam and Eve learned without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. 
What happened in the garden? You remember when Adam and Eve sinned, Adam says, I can take care of this. Eve, go get some fig leaves. Now, of all the leaves to pick, that's a stupid leaf to pick. It's prickly. Any other questions? That's vivid enough, isn't it? So you're covered with a prickly leaf, and she's covered with two. And God comes, and he says, that isn't going to do. You see, the leaves are our good works. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm a good person. I don't need help from God. No, Adam and Eve had to take those away. And God said, I'm going to clothe you. And you know what he did? For the very first time, we see death. And God went, and we don't know what, picked up an animal, and he killed the animal, and the blood was shed, and he took the skins, and he clothed Eve, and he clothed Adam. What did Adam and Eve learn? The wages of sin is death. And without the shedding of blood, no remission of sin. Well, thousands of years later, Jesus Christ shed his blood for you and me. You see, good people don't go to heaven. Only forgiven people go to heaven. And if you're here today and have never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, the only way to get to heaven is to let God clothe you with his righteousness. How does that happen? Repent and believe. Well, the next one I learned was this. Number five, God loves to give a new start. Adam and Eve didn't know there'd even be a hope. They get a new start. Number six, over here, what were Adam and Eve doing? Blaming each other, blaming each other, blaming each other. They learned this. If you stop the blame game, when we come to Genesis 4-1, the fan works at high speed. Hallelujah. It's great. Cut it out if you're blaming today. Number seven, they learned this. God is a generous God. He didn't only forgive them. He blessed them with children. He said, I trust you enough. I trust you enough to transmit these principles to your children. If you're married today, at one point you had children in this raft. Prayerfully, you're teaching them about God. It's not the school's responsibility. It's not the church's responsibility. It's your responsibility. Adam and Eve had history with God, and they could teach him lots of lessons. That's a joy. And number eight, it's the one that I love. God can take a mess and make a miracle. That's what Adam and Eve's life was, a total mess. You're here this morning in a mess. Don't discount God. Remember the deciding factor to a successful marriage lives in you. God can do whatever. He can heal. He can revive. He can resurrect your life. He can resurrect your marriage. Do not today think on a religious man, a religious level. Think on a supernatural level. The God who created you wants your marriage to be successful. There's going to be lots of enjoyment. Put him at the head. Get him there and lean on his wisdom, not your own. Can't get there yet? Keep working at it. Only one spouse working? You work at it.
been divorced, disasters, ask forgiveness. Start again. One day, Jesus came to a woman, divorced five times, living in sin. In most of our churches, see you. Jesus said, would, would you like a new start? Really? I would. That's what she got. Why? Because God can take a mess and he can make a miracle. Now we're going to do something very different. Put all your Bibles away. And I'm going to first pray for singles and divorced people and widowed people that want to marry. You want to marry again or marry for the very first time. So on all of our campuses, if you're a single person and you're either single because you're never married or you've been divorced or you're a widow and you want to marry again. I want you to just stand wherever you're at and I'm going to pray a prayer over you today. Don't be embarrassed. We all start this way. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I, I, I read something for you and all of our campuses as you're standing. Agatha Christie said this, when looking for a husband, this is for you ladies, when looking for a husband, an archaeologist is the best husband any woman can have because the older she gets, the more interested he is in her. Any archaeologists these ladies want to know? All right. Now, let me just give you some words. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. God's going to take you right here. You ask forgiveness and start forward. So, first thing you have to do, if you're standing today and you're in a relationship with somebody and they're not a believer, I'm going to give you wise words. Kindly end it this afternoon. I said, Pastor Mark, that's, that's, I can do all things through Christ. Yeah, his will. If you're dating an unbeliever, it's not his will. God will bring you a godly spouse. You honor him. If you happen to be in a homosexual or lesbian relationship, you have to end it. That's not the design of marriage. It's not the design of marriage. Now, what are you looking for as you stand here? What are you looking for? Gals, you're looking for a guy that can be the spiritual leader of your home. Not just a guy that comes to church, says he's a Christian. You want a guy that loves God, and he'll love you with all your heart. Guys, you're looking for a woman, and we're kind of like this. I'm looking for the, the one that's really beautiful. Nothing wrong with that. But the archaeologist tells us what happens. They're not going to remain that way. Either are you. So you want somebody that's beautiful where? On the inside. Nothing wrong on the outside. We'll take that too. That's a plus. Hallelujah. But you want somebody that loves God and her heart's for God. Now, God's a good God. He will bring them to you. And I'm going to pray today. And I'm going to look back on this day over the next months and years. And I believe God will answer your prayer because it's the will of God. The first thing God says, get a husband, get a wife. Get married. So let's pray. All of you that are sitting around them, you can just look at them and, and pray for them this morning as they're standing. Let's pray. Father, we have wonderful people who want to do this thing called marriage. Well, you put that desire in their heart. And Lord, I don't know all the past you do, but you're not interested. You're interested in going forward. I pray that you put hope in their heart today. I pray that you would keep them sexually pure. I pray that you would keep them hot and on fire for you. 
that their ultimate desire would be to serve you, to put you first, and then you give us good gifts. So be with them, guide them, direct their path, put hope and faith in their heart this morning. As they've stood before you, they're asking you to answer their prayer. And you love to give good gifts to your kids. So do it, Lord. In the powerful name of Jesus, bring spouses to these people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, before you're seated, look around you. Come on. This is Balmer's dating service. Look around you. Just look around you. Hey. Maybe there's a little spark beginning to happen right there. All right, you may be seated. Praise the Lord. All right, next. Well, I'm going to renew the vows of all of you that are married. Here's how it's going to work. If you're married and your spouse is here, in a moment, I want you to both stand. If you're married, but your spouse isn't here, and you want to do your part when we get to the ladies or the men, you just stand. That's fine. Even if your spouse is an unbeliever, you can stand. Even if they're here and they don't want to stand with you, that's okay. You just do it to God. Okay? So if you're married... And your spouse is here, great, stand, if you will. If your spouse isn't here, just stand. Guys, a spouse isn't here, and wives, and your spouse isn't here. It's all right. When I get to your part, you're going to renew these vows, okay? Now, remember, as I do these vows, this is between you and your spouse and God. It's a vow. It's just a renewal of the vows. So, men, take your wife's hands, both of them, turn to her, and look her in the eye, something you haven't done for weeks. <laughs> right in the eye. And I want you to say these words. Here we go. I am blessed to be your husband. And I promise anew to take up the authority as what? As head of our home. To always love you with an unconditional self-giving love. To lead and encourage you. To protect you physically, emotionally, spiritually, and to build you up. I renew my responsibility to create an environment in which you are free to grow into all that God wants you to be. I promise to seek to understand you. We'll do that one again because that definitely needs God's help big time there. Let's do that one again. Here we go. I promise to seek to understand you, to be gentle with you, and appreciate you. Now, at the end of this one, this one sentence, we have more. When you finish it, I want you to squeeze your hand. I always want to be your best friend. I commit myself to our oneness for life. This is my renewal covenant with you. And I love you today with all my heart. You can seal that with a kiss if you like. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Let me just say this, and then we're going to do the wise. The, the Spirit just challenged me to say this. One day you won't have a spouse to do that to. 
one day Linda won't be there for me or I won't be there for her. Life is really short. You're saying some important words. Not just for you, but we have a world that's looking for what we're doing. They're so lonely. They're so messed up. Be serious as we say these vows. Ladies, turn to that big husband ears. Looking at those coffee-infected eyes and... Let's pray. I am blessed to be your wife. And I promise anew to recognize and submit to your God-given authority as the head of our home. I give myself totally to you in joyful submission to your provision and protection to love you with an unconditional love. Always support and encourage you in whatever you do and however you feel. In our walk through life, I will continue to be at your side. And at the end of this line, you squeeze his hand as your helper and your best friend. I renew my responsibility to seek to understand you and to meet all the needs in your life which I am able to fulfill. I will continue to surround you with the warmth of my love and work together with you To make a home that is filled with the love, joy, and peace of the Lord. I commit myself to our oneness for life. This is my renewal covenant with you. And I love you with all my heart. You can seal that with a kiss. Let me just say this. What you did today, whether single or married, involves the will of God. He's a good God. And He wants to help you in every aspect of your life. Don't leave Him out, acknowledge Him in every way. And as we do marriage, as we do life, the world is looking for somebody that has the answer. You have the answer. It's Jesus Christ. You see, the deciding factor lives in you today. Today, you learn from Pastor Mark that God can make miracles out of messes, not just marriages. Every situation can be helped by God's involvement and you are letting him lead you. Pastor Mark taught about hope having hope that no matter how bad your personal situation is, that God cares about you and wants you to have the best life serving Him as possible. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. 
For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Well, we've reached the end of Pastor Mark's series, Enjoying Marriage on the River of Life. We hope that as you've been listening, that you've been humbled by the responsibility that God has made marriage. We trust also that you've been encouraged to seek God and to allow Him to take your marriage to make it the vehicle for blessing that He always wanted it to be. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving